What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals podcast. Today, our guest is Agostino Pintus. Agostino was a C-level executive in technology, and he has, over time, transitioned into real estate entrepreneurship, and now he's buying multifamily real estate with passive investors. And today we're talking about the lessons that one needs to know if you wanna get into entrepreneurship, if you wanna leave that kind of C-suite or W-2 world and get into the world of entrepreneurship. Augustino's learned some tough lessons along the way and you can pick them up and implement some of his strategies to accelerate your growth. He's gonna tell you about his story and his transition from the corporate world into where he is now. But I think there are a lot of people out there who wanna be entrepreneurs who are in the corporate world and either they're, you know, they don't know the way to do it to get into entrepreneurship or they're just not the right fit. So this episode, I think will, if you're, you're one of those people, this episode will help you figure that out, whether you're the right kind of person and will help you build that toolkit to get into entrepreneurship, particularly if you want to be a real estate entrepreneur. So once again, our guest is Augustino Pintus from Bulletproof Cashflow. I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy multifamily real estate with passive investors and split the return. Thrilled to be talking with you today about this, this topic of entrepreneurship. It's big with the guys like Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, he's, he's one of the big guys out there. And today we're talking to a guy who, who really did it and, and made it happen. So without further ado, here we go with Augustino Pintus. Augustino, thank you for joining us today. Hey, man. Super excited to be here, man. Awesome. Just great to be here, man. It's great to talk with you again. It's been, we were trying to figure out when it was, but at least a year, maybe two years since yeah. uh, we saw each other at 10X. But for everybody out there who doesn't know who you are, tell us about Augustino. Sure, sure, sure. Well, you know, my name is Augustino Pintus. I am the host of the Bulletproof Cashflow podcast. I am also an active investor. I primarily invest in multifamily and as a, as a GP and uh, into about uh, 700 doors at this point uh, over just about 30 months now. Uh, working on the biggest deal of my life at this point. It's going to be, uh, we're actually doing a raise right now during a global pandemic as we're recording this. <laughs> <laughs> but it, this is such a, a, a sweet deal. It's a beautiful, beautiful deal. So, uh, but I can't really talk about it right now, but uh, NDAs and such, but um, yeah, super spectacular deal. But anyway, uh, so um, yeah, the, you know, I, I spent my life uh, really in technology and it all started from when I was a kid, you know, I was uh, nine, 10 years old, learned how to program uh, self-taught development software, that kind of thing nice. back in the day with the Commodore computers. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and, uh, and I was in grade school when I laid eyes on it and I was determined to learn everything I can about that machine. I was going to learn everything I could, you know, and eventually I wanted to own my own software company. That was my dream when I was like nine, 10, 11 years old, you know, I want to do my own thing. So I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Um, you know, first generation, uh, Italian kid, you know, so for, for most first generation kids, it's usually what happens They're, they have entrepreneurial streak, uh, at least as to what the stats say. But at any rate, um, 
it didn't go that way at first. You know, you, you have friends, you have family that will push you into working for corporate America, push you into the quote safety of, of a paycheck. And uh, that's what I ended up doing. You know, I ended up working in corporate America at the, you know, rose up to become a C-level executive at publicly traded companies, you know, managing large budgets, doing all that fun stuff. But, uh, you know, even, but even as a young 30 something doing all that, I still had enough foresight to get into real estate, you know, and I uh, got into single family and small multifamily is where it all started. Uh, the, the intent though was not to build wealth like many of many of your listeners are listening. That's, that's usually what they're looking to do is build, build some wealth. My motivation was a little different. My motivation was to protect myself. It was, it was a scarcity. I was, even though I was making bank, the company was super successful. I was helping them get there, you know, mm-hmm. as a C-level executive, I was still in the fear, fear mindset. I was like, oh my God. I got to find a way to build some passive income because they're going to fire me one day. I know they're going to fire me. That's, that's, that's kind of like, even though, even though I was like, I was a superstar at this company, everyone loved me. I was doing great. And, uh, and you know, so that was the fear. That was the fear that kept on, you know, telling myself, right. And it, the thing is, so you really have to watch what you tell yourself, because if you tell yourself something's going to happen, it's going to happen. Mm. And that's exactly what happened to me. Right. So, uh, you know, fast forward a bunch of years, like four, four or five years, boom, I'm out the door. They riff me. You know, I got my box, all my stuff's in it. I'm out the door. Oh man. And, uh, and this is just before the 2008 crash. So to top it off. Right. And at that point I went through my 10 dark years. And by that, that means that I just started drifting from job to job to job, trying to find any, anyone that would pay me to do anything really and uh in technology of course and uh but i had no goals i had no why i was just sending out resumes blindly to anybody like if they're looking for a cfo or ceo i'm sending my resume in the hopes that maybe they're hiring a cio i mean it's so stupid you know mm-hmm. the, the the thinking was i have to hurry up and find a job i have to hurry up and find a job because i let this group of people define who i was Right. I, did, I was not living my own life on my terms. I was letting someone else tell me what my life is all about. And, uh, you know, and you really have to watch what you tell yourself. I mean, I convinced myself that I was a failure. They, con- they convinced me that I was a failure because they kicked me out. Right. And that's, yeah. that's ultimately what, what, drove, what drove down that path. But, you know, many years later, it's, you know, almost, uh, almost 10 years, actually, to the point of getting canned. Finally, I get back into the corporate world as a C-level executive once again. Now I'm in my 40s at that point. And, um, you know, but I fell into self-development and started really refocusing and retraining my brain around building wealth and building abundance. That's ultimately what it is, you know, and, and what that meant was giving up a lot of things. I gave up the TV, I gave up the drinking, gave up the parties gave up all that stuff, you know, just to really focus on building wealth. And I chose real estate, multifamily real estate, big honking multifamily deals to make that happen. And uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it is the best thing I ever did, man. Um, I wish I would have done it sooner instead of messing around <laughs> with small deals. It's just terrible. But, you know, it's, it's a learning lesson. I, I don't know that I'd be the guy today uh, if I hadn't done it, you know, but um, to get to this point, it involved basically refocusing and recentering my whole life. 
you know, and uh, it's, uh, it's been a whirlwind and we're not over yet. We've got a lot of deals cooking. Even, even as I said, during a pandemic that we got going on right now, it's still, we're still working, man, still working. <laughs> People still need a place to live. And, and with all the problems or questions about whether or not tenants are going to be able to pay their rent, many tenants are still going to be paying their rent. And there's, you know, there are protections that landlords still have uh, in yeah. most areas, not, not everywhere. I will stay out of California and, and New York City, but, you know, yeah. you buy in Ohio, so that's a great place to be buying real estate. Yeah, yeah, I, I stick to cash flowing markets. You know, you have your cash flow markets and your appreciation markets. Uh, those are the two primary markets. I, I don't, I just don't do appreciation markets. I, I don't know them. I prefer not to know them. Uh, for that reason, it's highly, highly speculative, and, and I rather deal with uh, you know cash flow, real cash flow that comes in. You know, uh, that's just how I operate. Uh, it's like it's it's an easier sell than to try to guess what something's going to cost five years down the road. You know, nice. it's yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, I wanted to talk about that, like making that shift from the scarcity mentality that you had when you were at the corporate level in the corporate world, and you know somewhere, I guess, in those 10 dark years, you had something clicked in your mind. And I don't know whether that was overnight, or, you know, what have you. But there are many people out there, busy professionals, not necessarily all C levels, but, you know, they want to create passive cash flow through real estate is that what we talk about on this show. And it is because of a scarcity mentality. And in times like this that we're experiencing right now with the coronavirus, it's easy to understand why people are afraid and they want that passive income because yeah. there are people you don't know who could change your life in a negative way just because, you know, they're trying to fix numbers on a spreadsheet and, you know, all that. So, you know, in making that mindset and mind, mindset shift, you know, what did you do and how can we learn and replicate that? And well, not take 10 I, years. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I wish, I wish for just one thing, you know, and I, I've, I've been asked that question so many times where it's like, what's that <laughs> one thing? What's that one book? What's that one song? Who's that one person? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you're, you really have to be ready to listen, right? Even if you say that you're ready to listen, you might not be, you know, and I think I got to a point and I got some, some pretty dark places when, when I was going through my 10 dark years, hung out with some really bad people, had some really bad relationships, you know, that kind of thing. So it took going through the ringer to realize it, you know, working for a bunch of bad bosses too, you know, mm -hmm. I worked for a lot of bad companies. I, I, I learned how not to run a company by a bunch of different people. <laughs> <laughs> really? And I already have an MBA and I'm like, oh, I, I thought the MBA was something. No, no, that's nothing compared to the stuff I learned. Um, but, but I, I, I will say, I will say this, uh, T Harvecker was probably one of the ones, one of the first ones I stumbled on that I discovered some of his material and really opened up my mind to, to really the abundance mindset, you know, and then from there learning the, the cognitive biases, the, the heuristics that run people, you know, and then then getting into reading a book a week. That's probably one of the biggest things I started doing was reading a book a week, right? And the books were a mix of psychology, sales, marketing, social media, you know, um, human psychology, 
history, biographies, things like that. So not, not, none of this garbage, like, you know, like great Game of Thrones, nothing, no, not that I'm harping on Game <laughs> of Thrones or anything, but you know, none of that stuff. I'm talking about substantive books that stood the test of time that will offer you growth potential, right? And, and you can see how someone overcame something that was so, so bad in their life to, to excel to being the best of what they do, things like that. Uh, I've, t- I've also taken up stoicism as well, too. So it- it's a mix of a lot of things. T. Harv Eker, though, is probably one of the first things that I did. You know, really, it was really studying him and going deep before discovering real estate again or rediscovering it because I had stopped doing real estate for a while. And after I got canned to the last time, but the last job, and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? And that's when I discovered real estate. And then once I learned about syndication from a real estate attorney friend of mine, that's when I, when I decided to make real estate my thing, you know? So at that point, by the time I refocused my whole life to real estate, I'd already discovered T. Harbecker. I discovered self-development. I started reading the book a week. I was already on that path. Then once I understood deal syndication and how I can build passive income by, by working on, I shouldn't say passive, but working on deals because that's very active, you know, I mean, uh, guys like us on the GP side, anyway, we're going out, we're working, like I'm, I'm underwriting hundreds of deals. I'm walking properties. I'm negotiating deals. I'm, I'm lining up lenders and <laughs> nothing <laughs> passive about that. <laughs> but, but you know what? I, I also get to help investors get into these deals, help them build wealth. I get to build wealth. Everybody wins. We provide housing for a lot of people, thousands of people. Everybody wins. You know, it's, it's super. It's super when you do that. But, uh, you know, it, it all started with making a decision to make a change. That, I mean, that's ultimately what it is. Yeah, you have to decide consciously, you're, this is, today is the day. And that is so, so difficult. That is so hard. It's kind of like saying, this, today's the day I'm going to work out. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or today I'm going to stop eating chocolate chip cookies. Uh, well, you know what though? They're right there. This is the last one, I promise. And, and no matter what you always do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, as, as I get older and I think everybody probably has this, this experience is the days and the weeks go faster and the months go faster yeah. and faster and faster. And you know, that, that reading a book a week thing is super difficult <laughs> and it's, it, it, it you said that you stop watching TV, which is a, a great move. You know, you, and you refocus that energy. Um, I mean, how can somebody go from not reading much at all, if, you know, if at all for anything other than their work to eventually reading a book a week? Is it that getting rid of TV? How many people are really going to effectively get rid of TV right away? Yeah. You know, how can we do yeah. that? I'll, I'll tell you how I'll tell you how I do it anyway. I planned all my books that I was going to listen to in January, actually even before that December, last week of December. So I planned out the entire year of books right now. Remember I'm, I'm reading books that have already stood the test of time or they've been around for a little while. And it's not just garbage. There's over 130,000 published books more than that. I'm sure. And a lot of them are trash. A lot of them are, are just nonsense, right? <laughs> uh, but what I did was I chose the best ones I could possibly find, right? And 
I created an Excel spreadsheet, I listed all the books out, and I loaded them all into my phone. So I got it on my phone all the time. So no matter what, I always carry, you know, most people, you know, carry their phones with them, right? Have our phones on us, everything's already on here. So it's like, whenever there's, there's downtime, whenever you're, 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 someone's late for a meeting, instead of cursing at them, I put my headphones on and I listen. So I prefer to listen to books. I can listen to them faster and I can read them. I can sit there staring at the screen. It's somewhat difficult to do, somewhat distracting as well. Yeah. Uh, but listening to the books is the big secret. Now, when I started listening to books back in the day, like when I was a kid, I found it very, very difficult. And I discovered a bunch of things. Number one, I was listening to them at normal speed. And when you listen to them a little faster, you get, to, you get through the book quicker. Number two, the... The person speaking the book, the author, was oftentimes quite terrible. Back then, I mean, we're talking like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. It was a dry, boring voice reading a book they probably didn't want to read in the first place. You know, stuff like that, right? So now I think people are a little, have put a little more energy into their books. Even like a guy like Gary Vee, for instance, he's on my book list. He's got a couple of books out there because you know, he's a social media influencer. And, um, you know, if you ever listen to any of his books, he's, the way he reads his books is the way that he talks in, uh, on his videos. It's full of gusto, full of energy, you know. And it's very hard to fall asleep to a guy who's yelling in your face. <laughs> very, true. very tough, tough yeah. to do. But that's what it is, man. I mean, and the thing is, though, listen, even if you, if you create a list up front, I think that's part of it is you plan it out. You plan it out and put it all on your phone. That way there's no, nothing to think about. And you put a good, uh, a good program to listen to your books. I, I use um, uh, audiobook. Uh, I think it's just, it's not, it's not a very creative name. I think it's just called, uh, let's see here, what's it called? Smart Audiobook Player on my, on my Android device. Hmm. And not it's not very, not very creative. Uh, $2, change your life. Load everything up, put it, put it all in your phone and start listening one by one. And I'm telling you that in itself, when you introduce new new thoughts and new pathways in your, in your mind. It's, I'm telling you, it's, it's a huge unlock, huge, huge. Cool. I'm going to have to check that one out. That is a new one I have not heard of and I use Android. So yeah, good news yeah. then. But there's, but there's other books, uh, there's other apps very similar to that one. I mean, the big win on that is that it, it does a very good job with you know, organizing the books. I mean, it's nothing special, you know, but it's not like, uh, on the Apple side, I think they have uh, iTunes or I, I'm not familiar with, with some of their apps, but uh, it, it, something is, it's very, very simple, very easy to use and very clean, you know, mm -hmm. but the big, the big secret is to just get all the books, put them all on your phone. There's nothing to think about. If the book sucks, go to the next one. Not a big <laughs> deal. No one cares. You know, just don't worry about it. Just go to the next one. If the, some books, Hey, listen, there's books I really wanted to listen to and I listen to them. They're, they're stupid kill the book, go to the next one. It's fine. Just, <laughs> just, keep, just keep rolling through, you know? Uh, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't easy, man. I'll tell you that it was not easy for me, but, but I thank God I'd get there and there's still a lot more to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned something else about, um, syndication, you know, on the general partnership side, yeah. not being passive. And I a hundred percent totally agree. That's my experience on the general partner side. Um, and, and how are you kind of making that happen how are you putting it like what are you uh how are you managing that all the time that it requires i mean you don't have a day job now right correct um so 
you know, how many hours a week is it, is it looking like for you and, and all that? Is it more than a full-time job? Is it, you know, if somebody's thinking about getting into it, is it um, good, yeah. bad move? What do you think? It, it, you know, it really depends. So um, there's some days that you know, last night I, I didn't go to bed uh, till one in the morning, you know, um, and the day started at about 6 a.m., I already uh, that by by nine I already had two mugs of espresso. I drink. I've been. I'm known to drink espresso <laughs> by the mug, you know. And uh, but you know what though, man. I mean, the, the day was full of dealing with it. That big deal I was telling you about is going to be 110 million when it's completed. I got a couple of other distressed deals on on, wow. on the you know cooking as well. Um, no, about 400 units of of distressed deals cooking right now. So we'll see how that pans out. I'd love to take those ones down and. You know, help help those sellers clean. You know, clean up their books. We, I know how to uh, myself, my team. We know how to handle those types of units. You know, uh, so we know how to deal with that. Uh, of course, we're developing our own training materials as well. You know, to help other people get into this business. So, I mean, it's. I'm not going to say it's easy. It certainly is not easy. This is not an easy thing. But I'll tell you what, man. When I was working in corporate. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not here to slam on corporate or whatever, but um, I'm not going to say that it was, uh, it wasn't fun for me. It just was, I, I did not enjoy it. You know, um, so, some parts of it I did, but not all of it. And, you know, it had some dark times in corporate America, but, you know, even though today, I mean, there's, 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 there's days that are tougher than others, but there's not a single day, not a single day where I've ever said, Oh my God, I wish I could just get up and drag my ass to a place I really don't want to be. <laughs> never happened. I swear to God, it's never happened. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think one of the, the very important things uh, that, that strikes me here is that, you know, in the corporate world, it, depending on where you work, you can really, some people can get by with, you know, just skating for a week or two weeks yeah. or, you know, a while longer than that. You don't have to big companies, man. Like every day doesn't have to be your best possible self, your best day. You don't have to necessarily be plugging away uh, in the corporate world. And I expect that in your current venture as a real estate syndicator, it's a very different story. Yeah. You There's, can't skate. It's not an option. No, 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 you can't skate. But you know what, though, Taylor, I'll tell you, man, um, the higher up the chain you go in corporate, the less skating you're permitted to do, right? It's uh, especially at the C level, like there, you cannot have a single week where nothing happens because someone's going to see you because it's a very high visibility job, right? And, uh, and if it, and your, your audience out there, you know, they're at the sea level right now, I'm sure they'll tell you the same thing. They're all nodding <laughs> their heads. Like, yeah, that's true. That's right. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, and because yeah, I mean, I, when I was rising through the ranks or some weeks I was distracted or something happening at home or whatever. So yeah, I mean, things, not everything got done the way I wanted it to or whatever. Um, but you know, it's again, like when you're an entrepreneur, then yeah, you can't, you could take a day off, I suppose, you know, uh, but it's not for everyone and, and that's okay. No, that's why we're here too. That's why we do what we do. You know, mm -hmm. we, uh, some people, some people enjoy their, 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 their gig. Some people enjoy their gig and, uh, maybe invest passively and that's fine too. That's okay. You know, this being an entrepreneur and, and cranking out 12 hour days straight is just not for everyone. But, uh, the way I see it, 
I want to have control of my future. I want to have control of my life the way that I want to have control of it and live it on my own terms. Um, that's just what I want to do, you know? So it's like, if I'm the one that can find the good deals and put them all together and, and help investors make a, make a ton of money at, at the same, same time. Sure. Why not do it? You know, we partner up and let's get a deal done. You know, they, they get to share the benefits that we, that we bring to the table too. Okay, great. You know, uh, it's, it's just, uh, that's the good thing about putting these deals together. I, I thoroughly enjoy doing it. And uh, yes, yeah, for me, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's just, I, I just love it. Just love it. Yeah. Do you, uh, so you mentioned Gary V and one of the things that he likes to say is that he feels that I'm paraphrasing heavily, uh, but the more, some people are made to be entrepreneurs and many people are not made to be entrepreneurs, but they would be be better executives working for entrepreneurs. And it sounds like, uh, you know, from what you're saying that you were born to be the entrepreneur guy and have, yeah. you know, executives working for you. You know, as much as I don't want to agree, because <laughs> you know, sure. I, I really honestly believe that if someone really, really wants to do something, they can, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I spent I spent enough time in IT, for instance, and I've had some superstar developers. I mean, some software guys, these guys were gods. Their code was messy, but damn, their, their stuff was fast and it worked. And, you know, it, it, it ran it ran very, very well. These are the ones that were coding since they were children, like I was. I was one of those kids, you know. And then there's the, the people that, you know, they, they were drifting through life. They took some courses at college and now they're, now they claim to be developers. You look at their stuff. It's not so strong. I, I don't know if it's, if it's from, it's a mix of upbringing or if it's a mix of, of, uh, of schooling or whatever, but um, maybe it's because since I was a kid, I wanted to do my own thing. I mean, eight, nine years old, I wanted to do my own thing. I was just, I, nine for sure. I was already like, I was hardcore into computers. I was going to have my own software company. This is the thing for me. I already had a <laughs> lemonade stand. I did all that stuff, you know? Nice. So I'm not going to say that, that all entrepreneurs are, are born. I mean, uh, Tom Bilyeu, for instance, the guy that, run, that used to run a Quest, you know, the Quest uh, protein bars. I'm mm -hmm. sure you've seen them, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was not a born entrepreneur. You know, he, he, you know, he, as a matter of fact, he went to acting school. He's gonna, he wanted to become an actor. Hmm. And, uh, but, but I think to your point though, he met up with, with, a, with a couple of other entrepreneurs and they brought him into the fold and he started from the bottom and ended up becoming like basically a co-founder in quest foods and became a billionaire. And now, it, now you can call him an entrepreneur cause now he runs his own thing, but you know, he kind of like, he fell into the right, the right group. So I think it might, I think you know, mileage may vary depending on who the person is. I mean, you know what, at the end of the day though, man, I'll tell you, it takes making a decision. You have to decide what you want to be. That's a great thing about being, being humans. We can decide where we want to be. You can decide right now to sit down in front of the TV, put on Netflix and, and watch, you know, and binge watch uh, some TV show. You can decide to do that, or you can decide to read a book, or you can decide to to go on to Bulletproof Cashflow and, and watch all of our videos and become an expert at, at multifamily. You can, there's so many things we can decide to do. You can decide to pack and take a trip down to Columbia. I mean, you can do anything you want. 
Mm-hmm. It's what we, what we choose to do with that time. And that's where the molds are, pre, are, are, are defined for us. And we have to break those molds. That's, that's part of the hardest part. You know, that's the hardest part. Yeah. Wow. I like that. I think that's very true. Uh, every moment we're making a choice about where to put our attention and, and how to use our time, how to spend our time. And uh, our listeners are choosing to spend that time listening to us right now. So I certainly appreciate that yes. right now. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate it too. Right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. We'll be right back. All right, Augustino, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yeah, let's throw. All right. Number one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? I'll tell you, uh, there's one thing that comes to mind right now. It's going to seem really strange, but I, I, uh, I made a, at one point I was decided that I was going to reach out to one person a day on LinkedIn, uh, one person that could change my life and send them an email and invite them to invite them uh, for a drink or something like that, or, or lunch. And this is actually just a coffee or some or a drink or something. Right. And I met this one gentleman, he ended up, he's a chairman of, of a big, huge brokerage firm, right? A big, huge brokerage company, a real estate, commercial real estate. And our, our first meeting, he says that his, like I told him I was doing improv and I was, I was a C-level executive at the time. I was working back in corporate at the time, right? I, I was doing improv comedy, that kind of thing. He mentioned, oh, my daughter does improv comedy. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I made a mental note. We, you know, finished out our drink. I go back to the office. I immediately get on Amazon, order a book, right, about, uh, about doing improv and sent it to him. Mm-hmm. It's a $20 book. Okay, $20 book. This guy calls me up. He was thankful. Nobody's ever done this before. This is amazing. Thank you so much. He's going to love this, yada, 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 right? He invited me to so many other events, introduced me to so many people. This very day, he, I still talk to him about deals. And it's been like five or six years at this point, right? He's still a very good friend. $80 is all it took. You know, that's it, right? And, and, and just to show gratitude for someone that could change your life, 100% worth it. 100% worth it. It's and you know, the, the, I mentioned the cognitive biases. Reciprocity is, is, is a big one that all humans share. Like whenever you do something for somebody, they feel like they have to do something back. It's oh, very, yeah. very powerful. It's very powerful. That $20, probably one of the best investments I've ever made. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's it. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Nice. I like that. On the other side of that, we had the best investment. Now, what is the worst investment you ever made? Oh, um, no, something that's it's actually more, more expensive than money is actually time, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, time is, uh, is, is one of those things that uh, unlike money, you know, you can't get back time. You can always get back more money. You can never get back more time. And there's one, a gentleman, uh, I, I, I can say that I'm a very good, a very good judge of character. And uh, this one gentleman, however, we're putting a partnership together. This is like a long time ago. And this, this so-called partner was not a good partner. You know, I invested a whole lot of time in this guy. Uh, and, you know, he wanted to partner up, wanted to partner up, fine. Okay, let's partner up. We'll, we'll do a deal together. 
And, you know, it turns out he, he, he would not fulfill his end of the bargain. He, didn't, oh, he wouldn't man. kick up any money when things were needed. He would not, he, he said he was going to be there and he wasn't. Uh, total, total disaster, you know, total disaster of a person, you know. So that, that one bad partnership has really helped in shaping uh, how, how I vet out partners since then. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I don't have any bad partners right now. I, I just don't, you know, I've got rid of all, I, get, I only had that one guy, uh, any, any negative, any people that don't, that don't see me as uh, or don't, don't, are not good for me. I kick them out, out of my life. They're out of my life forever. Um, so I guess you can say the, the worst investment was the time spent on people that are undeserving of it. You know, so now I, I am relentless if someone is what I, what I deem to be a, like just not a good person, not a good person for me, not a good person for my partnership or my business or to be around myself, my family, my, my kid, they're out the door. I never see you again. Pack up your stuff, get out. I fire them, you know, get out, get out of my life. You know, and that's a, that's, yeah, that's, that's a huge thing right there. Nice. Nice. That's, that's a good one. My favorite question at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? Let's see the most important lesson, you know, diligence and diligence, you know, decision-making and diligence decide that you're going to do something and damn it, stick to it. You know, and, <laughs> and don't let go. And that's the hardest thing. And, you know, but you know, it seems so easy, you know, and it's like I said before, it's like everybody wants to know what that special, the special potion is. And so what is that thing? You know, for, for me, I mean, I wish you could say it happened overnight, but it wasn't, it took, took years but you know once I decided what was going to happen and then I document it in my in my affirmations I write I still to this very day I write up my affirmations every day how my life is going to look I journal every day I write I write I reflect on what happened yesterday and and what I could have done better I mean these are all things that I do and that has enriched my life so much it's like and every day I wake up excited about what's going to what's what's you know what's coming up next you know I'm excited about it you know it's uh, something to look forward to man it's just uh it's just awesome love it nice yeah nice well i know that you're about to head to a webinar so we're going to bring this to a close if folks want to learn more about you they want to find your podcast all that good stuff where can they find you sure bulletproofcashflow.com uh, that's that's our website, of course. Uh, we're also on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, we're on Google as well. Google Play, uh, of course. Uh, find us on social media. Uh, friend me on Facebook. Uh, stalk me if you wish. That's that's nice too. I'm always I'm always down for a little stockage. Uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, everywhere. Yeah, always love to hear from people. Nice. Well, Augustino, thanks for joining us today and telling us about the the process, the strategy, the lessons, the the tough things that you learned going from the corporate world now to entrepreneurship and maybe some lessons that we can extract from that to if if folks want to get into entrepreneurship how to accelerate that for themselves so thank you for that you bet you bet thank you everybody thank you for tuning in if you're enjoying the show please leave us a rating and review on apple podcast very much appreciated if you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives please share the show with them and bring them into the fold. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have a great day and a great week and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye.